today on 2C Vans. And we find that uh, the nests will hatch at different rates on those different beaches. So like Venice has a much faster hatch rate than, than say, uh, up in Longboat. We've heard and, that. And it's really interesting to, to see it in like a microclimate shift of, of only 35 miles, but you have such different uh, different ecosystem, eco... Eco-environmental. You'll have to edit that one. <laughs> Eco-environmental. Eco yeah, that's all right. We, we understand. We have such different, like, conditions. Yes. And, like, hello. Welcome to Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory, your podcast for marine science, conservation, and education here at Moat in Sarasota, Florida. I can't believe I remember our intro because it's been so I long, Joe. I can't believe it either, Hales. We're, that, we're back. Because that's always been a really long, <laughs> long intro. I'm Haley Rutger, in case you don't remember. And I am Joe Nicholson. And we have had a kind of a hiatus. Long break. Uh, first, as we uh, uh, dealt Too with the, the busyness around COVID and the changes at Moat, but and now we're back. And then we were just... And then we were just busy. Busy. But now we're back. Now we're back. We have a wonderful guest on our first time back, um, a topic that everyone loves to hear about, sea He's turtles. He's breaking the sand, as it were. You mean like a baby turtle yes. coming up out of the nest? Yes. We're going to talk about baby turtles. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his little beak is poking out of the sand. Is that true? Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the first thing that I hear that people would hear about me is me laughing. So that's that's a good start. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also got an awesome sense of humor. So we have Dr. Jake LaSala back for his second podcast visit. Hi. What's up, Jake? Oh, it's the summer. I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> You're working. You work become in nocturnal. A, yes, he's working a nighttime schedule. Cause guess why? Why are you working a weird schedule? So sea turtles behave at night, and so they come up to nest at night, and they hatch at night. Um, and so we're out all evening um, checking out nests and finding uh, turtles coming up. And I sleep during the day. And they, what else the, the turtles is only oh, out at night. Did you ca- wait a minute? Did you catch that they behave at night? I know. So in the day they misbehave. Well, no, uh, no, that's no. That's, that's, that's there's only point. there's something else that only comes out at night. What's that? Vampires. vampires. Yes. Oh. <laughs> sea turtles may be vampires. No, should, I think you that's... should look at my, my at my very impressive farmer's tan because Ooh. because I, I don't I don't go out during the day at all. So that's the like, thing. I was going to say, sea turtle <laughs> researchers are probably vampires. Mm. Yes. Vampires. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now okay. you guys, the secret is out. <laughs> well, yeah. There it goes. Jake's a vampire. <laughs> Explains so much. It does. <laughs> but last time we had Vampire Jake on, he yeah. was telling us about the sexing or the sex ratios of That's sea true. turtles. All right. Let's see if I can remember why we talked about that, okay? Because we wanted. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> now, but this is the part where I look like a fool in front of you, okay? So we wanted to know. The ratio of males to females that are breeding in our turtle populations that nest on our shores because we want to know that for conservation purposes because that can tell us how the population is doing if we know that. And if, it I, can remember, help. And if I remember, there yeah. were more females than males. Maybe. There should be more females than males because of temperature-dependent sex determination. Mm-hmm. Oh. Unfortunately for this podcast, I don't have an answer yet. Not yet. I, I, I am still working through my samples from last I year. So I tell okay. us. Tell stop, us. Stop the recording. That's so, it. I We're all hear going about home. Joe, <laughs> I want to hear <laughs> about the progress. I want to hear how much sampling you've been doing because I think it's been a 
done? What have you been doing? Well, last year we uh, we sampled. Uh, ooh, I'm gonna have to look it up. But but this year I know that we're 700 in. 700 we've, hatchlings. Yeah, we've released two, close to 2,600 or 700 hatchlings. Hatchlings um, or nests. Hatchlings. Hatchlings, yeah. and that's they get the DNA from hatchlings to get at the paternity of the nest. Mm-hmm. How uh, many dads are there in this nest? How do you sex a turtle? You, ooh, now that's a good question. So, uh, so as adults, you can tell. You can look at their uh, tail and tell if they're males or females. Yeah. Um, the males have the long tail. Males have bigger yeah. tails. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, as hatchlings, you can't. Um, so there's a there's a researcher out of Duke who did his PhD looking at at doing a blood ra- uh, blood test, hmm. and we're actually uh, doing that this year with some of our hatchlings. Can um, you get? enough blood out of these tiny little guys uh it's a it's a western blot so so we take the plasma from from our samples and then and then run that and Uh, and we think we think we'll get enough gotcha um because he's he's, he tested it on on loggerheads back in in boca but we haven't done it here yet so so this year is the first year that we're doing it and let me see if i can i can guess at your strategy here so like right now Okay, the genetics of the nest would be talking to us more about the parents, how many males are giving their DNA to the babies, but you're getting the sex of the babies because that could be changing over time as it gets warmer. Yep, okay. we, uh, we think that, well, we know that in Boca, where it's warmer, that about 90 to 95% of the hatchlings are female um, oh. that, that leave the nest, but it's cooler over here on the West Coast. Because okay. what's the saying you have for temperature? Hot chicks and cool dudes. There you go, because nice. dudes are cool. <laughs> dudes come out of the cool nests. Yeah, right. They do, they do. And uh, and actually, that's one of the things that, that we're looking at uh, this year, is that we have um, a couple of students that are looking at uh, sex ratios and temperature and different... Um, different climate factors that might affect temperature of the nest. Oh, wow. Nice. How are you taking the nest temperatures? Are you just, what What do you do? So we're putting that? data loggers, in, or we put data loggers in 17 nests this year. Cool. And, um, and we're, we're logging the temperature um, in periodic intervals. And then um, this one student, his name is Kai, he is, um, is looking at local climate uh Parameters, so like precipitation and and oh. air air temperature and sea surface temperature, yeah. and then he's using it all and modeling which which variables actually are the most effective or wow. have the most effect on on the on, te- on nest, temperature. nest temperature. Yeah, because yes. like we don't want to have to stick a probe in every nest, right? We want to be mm-hmm. able to know roughly maybe what temperature they might be without having to. Well, yeah. but even the the type of sand that they're buried in would mm-hmm. would gives you a clue. Yeah. yeah. So this year we're uh, our. Our data loggers are in KC Key, but next year I hope to expand it to other beaches that have different types, types of, sand. of sand. Like in Siesta, there's there's two different types of sand on Siesta, yeah, and so we want to see if there's a difference in their in their temperature profiles. Yeah, because well, like when I go Lido, to yeah. when I go to Lido and Siesta, well, especially Siesta, like it's nice and cool. It's all that white crystalline sand is what I experience in the public beach. And yeah. then I have gone to Venice and it was warm and it was a darker sand. Darker sand. Well, even yeah. down on Turtle Beach, it's a, you know it's a darker sand than it is on uh, Siesta. <laughs> And we find that uh, that nests will hatch at different rates on those different beaches. So, like Venice has a much faster hatch rate than than say uh, up in Longboat. We've heard and, that. And and it's really interesting to to see it in like a microclimate shift of of only thirty five miles, but you have such different uh, different ecosystem eco 
Eco-environmental. You'll have to edit that one. <laughs> Eco-environmental. Eco <laughs> no, that's all right. We, we understand. We have such different, like, conditions. Yes. And, like, the, even even that close together. And so if the global climate, we, we know from scientific consensus the global climate is changing. So now we have mm -hmm. to, now Jake is the one who, and his team who gets to sit up there and watch, okay, exactly, what does that mean for our turtles? There was a study that came out, like, recently about, about how there's, yeah. we, we have a very small window for us to actually make noticeable change and if we don't then this is going to be the norm um, and uh, part of the, part of that that happened was that when when we banned um, those the aerosols mm. that, that were making the making the uh, ozone ozone uh, go away that gave us a little bit of a, a buffer actually and mm -hmm. so so that's like a physical change that we made as a species to to help our our earth and and it's interesting now that this report has come out that basically we need to fix it yes. and if we don't yeah. then then it's it's only ourselves to blame right so people should do you remember who put out the report if people want to go follow up was it i'd have to look it up <laughs> well you can definitely <laughs> I, i've seen some recent stuff from the intergovernmental panel on climate change is a good place to start so if you want to learn about that stuff and if we uh figure it out we'll add it into our our notes on the podcast too so how how long have you been now um at boat doing the 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 sex ratio study now? Um, so I started uh, at Moat in January of 2020, and I have now one and a half seasons under my belt of collecting hatchlings. Um, so this this fall, I'm going to wrap up the stuff that we did in 2020 and start on the stuff that we did in 2021. And I should, by by next year, have a have a full answer for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on, on, on who's your daddy? No, I'm just kidding. On uh, on the uh, turtle uh, on the on the ratio of males to females yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, but you have a ton of projects, and it's not just that one. We do. We're so uh, I work. I'm a postdoc at uh, the Sea Turtle Conservation and Research Program at Moat Marine Lab, and we are undertaking a boatload of projects. Yeah. We are um, we're finishing up a project um, looking at uh, geotube. Um, a geotube is a um, is an armoring technique that, yeah. that we use to for to, beaches for beaches, um, and we one of the homeowners recently replaced their geotube. So we have we have a paper that's coming out about. Um, how the geotube was effective um, for sea turtle nesting, um, and we have, uh, and we're, and now that they've replaced it with a seawall, we're working on another project to see if there's a difference between what the geotube was and mm. what the seawall will be. So that's something that we're really excited about to to be able to report. And both of them can are, are designed to help prevent erosion, right? Correct. But the geotube makes it look like more of a natural beach, and ah. so so spoilers is that the geotube. Yeah actually had a had a higher success rate for for nesting which nesting. which well, is really good because that means that we sh can convince people to do that more often you would think okay. if the turtle came up on a beach and it seemed like a normal beach it would continue, would continue if it came yeah. up on a seawall and went blink and it would be like blink uh i mean i think greens are uh stubborn enough that they would try and scale the wall if they could really <laughs> like spider-man yeah there's a there's a nest actually up on casey uh, that I've been checking this last week, that it is up a scarp that's like seven feet tall. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how goodness. she got up it, but every single time I have to get up th to get up there, it's just you're, like you're struggling. <laughs> <laughs> She's my hero. She says she can climb things that we couldn't climb. Yeah, it's Lower center of gravity. I'm saying. Now, at the same time, like as I'm amazed by that determination, at the same time, I can't say it enough. Please pull your beach chairs in at night during sea turtle nesting season, and you're fill in the holes because not every turtle can overcome 
from those odds. Especially the hatchlings. Mm-hmm. If you if yeah. you got big pits in the in the beach, how are they going to get out of those? I know. And right now, what time of the season is it? Is it? It is turtle. <laughs> it is turtle season. It's hatchling. Turtle hatchling part well, of the season. Well, yeah. I mean, it's still it's still nesting season technically, but but we have hundreds of nests that are hatching at the same time. Um, I we we went out last night and we checked forty some nests and six of them hatched. Wow. And and I actually saw a nest that hatched that wasn't on my list. So I, they're. They're all hatching it right now, and it's really, really cool. So, yeah, and for people who, if you've never heard of sea turtles before, which I would be surprised if you're... Who has if never you're, heard of a sea turtle? If you're fans of Mode, I'd be surprised if you've never heard about if this. If you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you've probably heard of a sea turtle. I'm just going to help those people who are in the back who are like, what are you talking about? They come here, and they nest on our shores. They leave nests in the sand. They dig them themselves. They put their hundred or so ne- uh, eggs in there that look like little ping pong balls. And after, what is it, about two months of uh, the nest incubating in the yep. sand? Yeah. Oh. Little baby turtles start crawling out, and they need to crawl down to the sea. And we—that's why we turn off our lights so we don't disorient those turtles who are trying to go for the brightest horizon over the ocean and reach the sea. I just thought of who may not have heard of sea turtles before. Who's that? Vampires. Oh, oh. see, no, I—I I think vampires would know about sea yeah. turtles because they can see them. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> see, uh, and beach vampires though. Maybe, okay, not, beach maybe vampires. not city. Of the vampires. city, city vampires. Yeah. So pretending, Jake, that you're not a vampire. We know you are but like pretending you're not if you're a human who has to do sea turtle research and of course has the appropriate permits from the fwc and goes out there at night what does the human need in order to study these night nesting and hatching permission you definitely need permission Permission. (laughs) absolutely what else does a human need more permission okay (laughs) we we have permits from from the state to to be able to interact with sea turtles (laughs) um we also have very specific permits about what we are allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do. And like, what kind of gear do you need though? Like, do you, do we, you use a red light? We or? use a red light. Um, red yeah. light is more, is so the red spectrum. light. Yeah. So sea turtles can see red light, but they can't see it as well yeah. as white light. Okay. Um, and so red light is, is less impactful on them and it allows us to be able to see what we're doing with them and, and it shouldn't impact their behavior. Right. Um, but we also uh, use an ATV um, because the beaches are really big Long. and we have to get all over the place. Get yes. to all those And nests. carry all that gear. And carry all that gear. And, and we use lots and lots of Lowe's buckets. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sponsored by Lowe's, but if you did, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, support, support yeah. our turtles. <laughs> Development department, did you hear that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I... Before before I started purchasing uh, rechargeable uh, headlamps, I, I hit up the the headlamp section of many <laughs> many <laughs> locations. <laughs> rechargeable headlamps are very cool. Yeah, they're very useful. And so you go out there, and what? How? I don't know if there's a typical night for you, but can you average some of your nights together for me and tell me like what would make up a a Jake night on the beach? Jake wakes up at noon. <laughs> it's actually more like one o'clock. Makes a coffee. I, I don't actually drink coffee. He I do drink Coke Zero though. Coke oh. Zero. I drink Coke Zero. Uh, but there's another bowl. plug for mm-hmm. Coke. For Coke Zero. <laughs> and Coke Zero recently changed their formula, and I don't I, I don't know if I can tell. And he can't tell. So and then I, so he does a Coke Zero. Yep. I'm hoping he showers at, at some point. Uh, yeah, I shower at night. I shower when I when I get off the beach because okay. when I get off the beach, I'm I'm sandy and, and gross. And, yeah. yeah, smart. So so my day at the beach starts 
at like nine or nine thirty. Um, mm-hmm. When it's during tagging season, we and that's at night, folks, not in the morning. Yeah. So twenty one twenty one hundred. Um, we will if it's tagging season, we'll start a little bit earlier and get the bikes ready, and then we'll go out and we'll go patrol the beach to look for turtles. Um, tagging season ended uh, July thirty first, um, and so now now we're in the time frame of pure hatching. Um, so uh, we'll go out at 9 or so, 2100, and then um, we'll go until we've checked all the nests, um, figured out if they're going to hatch or not, and if they hatch, we sit around and wait for them, and I have video here to, to show these guys on, on uh, uh-huh. in a minute, and uh, and then if they don't hatch, then, then we go home when, whenever, whenever after, after how we've checked all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... It's tricky because uh, a nest can hatch uh, on the south end of the beach and you're on the north end of the beach, so we cage a lot of our nests. Absolutely. Um, and we uh, we put uh, non-permanent cages down af- at the nest that we checked, and then if they hatch into the cage, then we can pr- we can make sure that we get those hatchlings. Mm-hmm. Um, we collect all the hatchlings from the nest because we want to look at, um, we want to have a random sampling of those hatchlings, but also we're doing another project where we're looking at scoot deformities, and so we're trying to get an estimate of how many hatchlings actually have deformities. And that's the flat scales on the shell, on the upper shell. Why? I don't know if it's upper and lower or if it's just the upper. The carapace is covered. So the carapacial bone is covered with these uh, keratin scoots yeah. that are in different forms uh, or different shapes rather. And they're they're kind of like um, hexagons. Are they hexagons? Yeah. Something yeah, like hexagons that. Yeah. Yeah. Hexagons are the best of guns. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that's CGP great. Uh, okay, anyways. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, they're these hexagon uh, car- car- keratin scoots. On the upper shell, which is the carapace. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and different turtles will have, different species of turtles will have different patterns of them. Yeah. But we're seeing that in a lot of our nests, we're having some deformities in these huh. in these scoots. Um, and so another student is looking at whether or not there's a connection between temperature of those loggers, of those data loggers, and seeing if there's a difference between the number of scoots. Should we hmm. be scared for our little hatchlings that they have a deformity? <laughs> uh, maybe not, because yeah. there's, a, there's a study that came out, uh, I think it was last year, by Bentley. Um, and he looked at basically um, all these different age classes and how and what he saw was that as you got older as the turtles got older there were less scoot deformities but there were scoot deformities in all age classes Hmm. and they were living perfectly fine so it might not have anything detrimental inside just Just, hmm. uh, nobody's it's just a cosmetic thing nobody stare at that dude's birthmark okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you guys got six toes some of them some of them are really interesting some of them have like super weird patterns that uh that you're like "Mm, i don't think that's what it's supposed to look like (laughs) Um, this picture that i'm showing them has uh has a normal loggerhead on the left and then a a weird loggerhead on the right no i see that yeah and so he's got he's got i don't know like seven different I can I can see like so the middle line of those hexagons the hexagons look like they're about to be cut in half a little bit mm-hmm. kind of looks like an S like one of those S's that you did that in, you used to draw in middle school yeah in exactly. the 1990s I totally <laughs> drew S. those yeah yes. yep I remember that <laughs> so um, one of the projects that we're looking at this year is actually looking at uh, dermatitis um, on oh. green turtles um, because we can't put satellite tags on turtles that have uh, that have uh, carapacial 
issues because mm-hmm. the because the epoxy, epoxy won't, won't grip. Ah. Yeah. And so uh, so we, we only got to put out four satellite tags on greens this year. Because um, we saw a lot of dermatitis? A lot of dermatitis on, wow. on the turtles. And some of those turtles were healing, um, yeah. but we don't, but uh, we had an NSF student this year that looked at um, at the swabs of those mm-hmm. uh, of those dermatitis samples and tried to figure out what what different bacteria were causing it. For our, our mm. layperson people's audience listening, is it would you call it a rash? Would you call it something something else like skin irritation? I don't know because I don't think it causes them pain. Oh. It just definitely affects the growth of the scoot. Oh. Um, it, it looks like well, because well, it's a like, like a scoot is like your fingernail, so it's like a keratin material. Yeah, so it, it's not going to feel pain. Yeah, so this is this is a picture of of one that has it and like it creates these like like, like pockmarks. Yeah, yeah like, it's kind of weird. I got pockmark. Okay, like very mottled, mm-hmm. different than the normal texture. If I find a normal one, I'll, I can show yeah. it to you. But yeah, and I should tell those who are listening, which this is another, like you probably know this, but the reason we even want to put satellite tags on turtles is to track their migrations and understand what habitats are important to them and their understand things like how men, how often they come back to nest. This one's like a that. this one's a clean one. And, and so how far could, they travel. Yeah, yeah, and how far they travel. So he's showing us a clean one where we don't see as many And it's nice marks. and shiny. And, and then this is one that has the very dermatitis. Very bad dermatitis. It's like, it's like the surface of Mars. Oh, and you said we took some bacterial samples to see if they had like an infection mm-hmm. going on? So a nice smooth shell is what you're looking for. Okay. Yep. And a very pockmarked surface of Mars is not good. Oh. Yeah. So you've got all kinds of like wildly different projects. Like, what's your what's your favorite this year? Do you have a favorite? Oh, uh, that's like asking which child is your favorite. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. Which, which <laughs> we all know it's Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Do you only have one child named Christopher? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an inside joke. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, to Joe alone. <laughs> Um, I, I'm really excited about the about the work that we're doing this year with the temperature data loggers because it's a collaboration with uh, an NSF uh, student and uh, a graduate student at FAU, um, and it's a culmination of a project that we did all the way back in 2002, um, and we're comparing the temperatures then to now. So I'm really excited about about all of the different intricacies of this project because it we're doing like four or five different projects based off of off of that one wow. and um, I'm well, really excited to find out what what, what the answers are it was a, it's a long enough time frame as well where you mm-hmm. can you know get some good data out of that was yeah even even with sorry I, I, even oh. even with Elsa um, washing over a bunch of nests um, we're still getting really useful data from all of the nests because because one of the things that Kai is looking at is that he's looking at precipitation and so the early nests didn't have any precipitation yeah, really and it was so like, dry. it was really dry and mm-hmm. now we're going to see these nests that have been impacted by Elsa and and we'll see we'll see a difference and I'm 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 really excited about finding out what we actually find out about it. Was the 2002 um, temperature data logger stuff, was that back, was that still here? It was just other scientists who worked here before, like Dr. Tucker or something? It was here. It was yeah. um, It was actually um, uh, the the program head at the time. Her yeah, name was yeah. Jaris Foote. Oh, yeah, I remember that name. And, uh, and she worked with a with a, uh, a PhD at FAU. Her name is Dr. Jeanette Weineken, cool. who was my, uh, my PhD advisor. So, so she and another doc, another 
PhD from Duke. His name is Larry Crowder. They did data loggers in multiple sites across the state and across the country, and then uh, raised those hatchlings and and looked at their sex ratio. <laughs> We're now going to do sort of a redox of that project, but with the with the blood sexing technique and see if and see what the ratio is now. Little known fact: Jarrah's foot is the one that taught me how to tag turtles. There you go. She she works for the county now, I think. Yes. Yeah. Jerry's got some history. Some history. History. Mystery. Maybe we should just ask Joe how how much cooler the beaches were back then. Uh, Well, when I was on them, they were super cool. (laughs) (laughs) They were made cooler because of you. Because of me. (laughs) You can write that down, submit it to a journal, and you're all done. (laughs) They were at least least 10 degrees cooler. Because of the cool daddy. Cool daddy Joe. That is, but that is like seriously. That's really, really an opportunity to do something really significant. So that's that's almost what, almost twenty years out. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Holy heck. So going forward, you're you gonna soon have um, some of the data from the sex ratio stuff. Yep. And w- what was the other stuff coming out? So we're doing those armoring techniques. We're doing the temperature That's right. uh, studies. We're looking at uh, hatchling morphometrics and and scoot deformities um, yeah. across time. We're trying to see if uh, if with repeat turtles, um, we're trying to figure out if if their hatchlings are changing size and shape over the course of the season. So if she comes back to nest more than once in the mm-hmm. season, yeah. Yep. And when will uh, all of Kai's data be uh, available to? Uh, so he presented okay. the first four uh, nest data at the at the NSF REU uh, thing here at Moat. Okay. Um, and he's gonna he's actually staying he's gonna stay on with me. He's he's sort of doing a, a semester. With Jake, wow! Semester at sea, semester abroad, it's it. Semester with Jake, yeah, and and he's uh, which is something that his his university allows him to do, and so he's helping me throughout the rest of the summer to collect more of these hatchlings and also look at the data loggers. There's and keep there's, building his data, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, and and he's going to use a new modeling technique to basically try and estimate what the sex ratio is, and then we're going to ground truth it with that other. Uh, with that blood sexing technique. Oh wow! And so it's 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 a whole, it's a it's a huge project. That, that so when do you think uh, this huge project will be able to present? Uh, well, early next year. The I'm gonna try and have all of my students this year submit abstracts to a conference in January. Cool. So at least the preliminary things will be will be then. But but I think that all of the all the stuff will probably be up by next year. Very nice. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So um, yeah, I like how you have all these different ways of checking your different techniques against each other using the blood sexing ratio versus the parentage of the nest and you have like more than one way of getting at the same question. I guess that makes you more certain about the information you're getting, right? Yeah, but it's also different. Uh, there there are different schools of thought about how all this is supposed to to be done and and yeah. having having a modeling uh, technique versus having a ground truthing technique are both valid and at different time frames valid ways of doing it. Yeah. So so we're we're trying to do the whole the whole circle. That's uh-huh. a terrible phrase. The circle phrase. of science. <laughs> the circle of science. That's terrible phrasing. I, no, that's fine. 
<laughs> no, I get it. Because like, if you if you want to make a model of how something works using math, you need data from the real world. But at the same time, you can't take data from everything in the no, real yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's or you wouldn't need the model, right? <laughs> if you could have data on everything. So Kai is going to look at, uh, <laughs> at abiotic uh, different things that affect the nest, and then another student is looking at biotic things. That are so that's non-living and living things yes, that affect yes. So I think what we should do is aim to have him back in January uh-huh, sure. and maybe yeah. have Kai come with him. That, that, that would be awesome. And, uh, it would be hard because he'll be been back in Boston by then. But mm. but uh, that, that's all right. We can we can try and work that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can get him on the phone. Get him, get him on the phone. Yeah, maybe that's where we zoom him in or something. Zoom in or something but that's awesome i am um as we um, move on to toward the, the end of this episode i wanted to just ask you about like i know this question's on everybody's mind but what's it like handling like 300 sea turtle hatchlings on, a, on a sampling night or on a release night <laughs> uh well the we mm, it is on the one hand, very satisfying yeah. to be able to like collect all these hatchlings and 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 know that you're uh, helping out with their direct future. Yeah. It's also really exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, we we're out all for a long time at night, and then we have to sample them, and then we have to release them, um, and it's 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 a lot of stuff um this this year i i moved to three different beaches so i'm i was on kc siesta in venice this year and those so we have to check those nests uh, across all beaches and so um so i'm i'm going everywhere this summer (laughs) a lot of different people are are learning about jake lasala for better or worse i suppose (laughs) (laughs) who is that vampire on my beach (laughs) exactly yeah who's that that guy that that walks around with a red light yeah i need i need a piece of art for my wall with like a friendly vampire holding a tiny turtle on a beach at night (laughs) behind a really exquisite house on like the things we do in the shadows Is it really sea turtles? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, do you, and I, I don't know. I know you do a lot of different focus research projects, and, and maybe you're not as much as some of the other team members on like the day to day, like how's nesting season going, kind of thing. But do, can you well, or, can you orient us on how it's how it's doing? Yeah. So we had a we had a staff meeting last week where we talked about the numbers. I know that, and while he's he's kind of looking it up, I know that the past, um, I think it's the past five years, Melissa on the team said that we'd had some of the best numbers in our history. It's been increasing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this year um, for loggerheads was the fourth highest, I believe. In our 40-year thir- history, she said, yeah, yeah right? Yeah, and, right. and for greens, it's on par with, uh, with, with the continuing population. But I, I mean, I saw green last night, so so mm-hmm. I'm sure that the numbers are just going to increase while while we go. Yeah. Um, the greens greens are becoming more of a staple and less of a rare species. Yeah, because when I started, it was like, mm-hmm. wow, we lost our minds of a green. If you saw a green, yeah, and, and now crazy. now I see one, and I'm like. I was going to go to bed. <laughs> I was so ready to go to bed, and here you are. Yeah. Here you are, keeping me awake. But that's fantastic, you know, to see yeah, more than just the, the one loggerhead species dominating the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, still, do people still, I mean, this is a daytime nester, but do you still lose your mind if you see a Kemp's Ridley turtle? Yeah, we do, actually. There, yeah. there, was, um, there was one down in Minnesota Key this year, I know for certain. Um, I think there was a second one, but I, don't, I, I think it was I know for certain one. Yeah. And those are really, 
rare. Really so rare. Are. Okay. Um, and they're they're seen more often in other locations. Yeah. But in Florida, they're they're just not mm-hmm. very often. Right. Um, and their population has been uh, hit real hard. Um, and it's it's really good to see that they're coming, uh, that they're rebounding. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Now, right. now I have a one highly scientific question for Jake. Okay. Which is this a question for Jake? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which which sea turtle hatchling species is the cutest? Oh come on! What's the cutest? Uh, <laughs> uh, we all know. I know what it is. We all know. I think I know. Well, I would actually like to hear what you have to say. Oh god! I was going to say Kim's Ridley. No, I was going to say green. No, mm-hmm. I love the shell. See, on I the, actually on think leatherbacks. I think leatherbacks because they're super derpy. Oh, <laughs> oh they're huge. Yeah, and they're huge. I got to tell people, leatherbacks, we don't see very often over here. Jake probably saw when he was on the East Coast uh, of Florida, but they're the, the biggest sea turtle, and they grow huge. And you know what they eat? Jellyfish. Yeah, the biggest mm-hmm. turtle, and it eats the eats like, thing that's mostly made of water. I know, that's wild. Yeah. This is a picture of all three of them together. Uh, oh, we've got three hashlings and Joe. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, but the the leather or the There's leather bag. There's not a there. That's a it's a hard, it's a loggerhead. It's a loggerhead. Oh yeah, no, sorry, I don't have a camp. You're left out, I'm true. sorry. You left me out, Jake. I don't want to even look at it. So I'll sorry. just tell you sorry. that <laughs> the leatherback hatchling is bigger, but are you saying it's derpy and how it crawls? Yeah, they have these really these really big, yeah, flappy flippers. <laughs> They're and, like and humpbacks. F- well, so uh, if you if you ever see like an adult leatherback, you're like, I understand why the hatchlings look like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're just so big, yes, and they and they're, they're just huge. it's like a pu- like a puppy whose paws are too big <laughs> yeah, for the puppy. Yeah. Well. I think the greens are cute because they have they have huge eyes and they have these like white bellies and they're just the belly looks very cute. I, I mean the I'm sorry, what's the lower shell? Is it the plastron? Plastron. plastron yeah. Let's be scientific, but, but so like, oh, this look is, at his little ooh, belly. This is a leatherback <laughs> flapping away in he's the He's showing us a little flippity flappity turtle. Oh my gosh, those flippers are too big. The flippers are just so big. They're, they're too big. How so do you know he's a turtle scientist? <laughs> all of my pictures. All of his turtles. pictures <laughs> and videos are a turtle. <laughs> Everything on his yes, phone. None of his family has he shown us. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I, I have pictures uh, of my wife, too. None but I, of his I, family. I, I, oh, I, you do. I mostly have pictures of turtles. Let me tell you. She's much more proportionate. <laughs> then a baby leatherback. Only one picture of his wife. We will be clear on this. And now he, he yeah, that's uh, that's the, that is the true mark of a turtle scientist, right uh, there. I, in, in my in my favorites, I have two. I have I have two pictures of my wife. One of them is is my favorite picture of her ever, where she's pointing at a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you to were going to. Okay, I thought. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> <I> thought, <laughs> she is in a marine environment. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, here she is pointing at a turtle nest. <laughs> no, yes. no, no. She's, she, she's over it a little bit. But that's, yeah. that's okay because that's. That's okay. That's, that's, that's the life of a scientist. And yeah. I, I have to ask because people will want to know, but are is it harder for you to do your work right now? Because we've got red tide in the area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's harder, yeah. We, um, we went out on, what day was that now? Monday? Monday. And by the end of it, we couldn't see. Oh, uh, it's it was hurting your eyes, it was, yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, I... I it cleaned out my sinuses real well though, <laughs> because because when you when you get out there and you're and you're stuck out there, there there isn't a whole lot that you can do to prevent it from impacting you. Yeah. Well, even even wearing a respirator, it just becomes too sweaty and yeah. you just yeah. 
And I, I, I know that like a question in a lot of people's minds is always like, can you do something for those hatchlings? But hatchlings go offshore to start their lives. Yeah, the they? hatchlings, the ha- well, I'm, they'll I'm gonna, bust through it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll get myself in trouble for saying this, but the hatchlings should be fine because they don't eat for the first three days. Yeah. And so um, so they shouldn't be taking in any of that stuff in, in food. Yeah. Right. Um, they should be able to clear it. Um, but from a from a respiratory standpoint, yeah, they're they, they still have to get through it. They still have to get through that. They can, but, they breathe the air. Yeah. But but they would be hatching naturally. They would be anyways. So and red so, tide was around probably before we were. True, and so so while we are uh, collecting these hatchlings and then and then we're releasing them, yeah, we're at least doing a little bit better than just it being a, a natural situation because we're releasing them all together. Yeah, and, and it's uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's we can't, as I've heard our hospital team say before, we can't keep turtles in a bubble. But it's, it's just, <laughs> a, I, I, we understand that people are always concerned about the different animal groups we have. And that's why we have, for instance, stranding investigations program. We have a hatching hospital and all that good stuff just for turtles that do come back to us. But um, anyway, it's it's been awesome catching up with you, man. I mean, it's been your, yeah, s- your and, summer is terribly exciting. Thanks for breaking the ice again for us. Oh, what's getting this? Us, getting us going here. Again. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, yeah. It's, it's been a long time since we've been back on the uh, interwebs. And uh, this is thanks good... for getting us kicked off here for Absolutely. Our, new, really glad that you guys our new season. And uh, stand by for more to come. Mm-hmm. Stand by for many more episodes of 2C Fans at Moat. We will see you next time. We're back. We're back.